I was standing this morning and I always, <laughs> I'm not going to say I always, maybe once or twice in my ministry I've come to the pulpit knowing that I knew that I knew that exactly what I had was for the people. And then all the other times I come and go, God, I really hope that I heard you and I hope that you and I are walking together. If, if we aren't, then I'm sure there's somebody in here that is that needs to hear the word and you're going to give them what they need out of it, even if it was the wrong word for the day, because he'll take those things and make good, won't he? God said that he is on the move. He's, he's constantly moving about looking over his word, not looking over the vessel not looking over the, per, the person, but he said that I'm looking over the word that I might perform it. He is waiting for somebody to mess up somewhere in their daily walk and say, uh-oh, I'm favored. And God's going to run down in there and then they're going to see, they're going to they're be able to experience the fruits of those blessings that we were talking about this morning. But this morning I was standing there and I went, God, I really hope that I'm in on the right thing. And lo and behold, Tommy and Billy, you don't have to change anything. I'm just going to change the way I deliver it. But it's about the name. Amen. Amen. Man, when Tasha was singing that, you know my name. Boy, you, you better stop with you know my name. And then we're going to be looking at the church of Pergamum or Pergamos. It's the same church, just one is a female derivative and one is a male derivative in that language at the time. So you'll see those two names come up um, throughout your reading of the scriptures, and um, I'm not sure what they use for the title today. I don't really get into that. I'm not here to try to draw your attention to a title. I'm here to try to Allow the Holy Spirit to draw you to His Word. Um, title don't mean nothing to me. They asked me one day, Pastor, what's the name? I said, Jesus, that's the name of it. And lo and behold, that's what they put on that sermon. So if you see one out there that says Jesus on it, it probably had nothing to do with just talking about Jesus. I'm sure Jesus was involved, but it, it probably wasn't the, the topic. But um, I heard the name this morning. And I don't, I don't know about you. But I am so exhausted in carrying a name that everyone knows. Don't you know that people recognize you not by your name, <laughs> but what's attached to your name? Come on, you, you, heard, you heard people describe it? You know, that Demetrius dude, you know, right? The one that, you know, you know Eric, the, the guy that, man, you got looks from people in here, boy, and she just tucked her head, she ain't even looking up now. I ain't going to point her out, but she's sitting right behind you. But I'll be so glad the day that I get to experience a name that only I know what it is. 
man, he said he's, he's going to wipe it all away. As far as the east is from the west, done, it's over. No longer will you be tagged with your failures. Your discrepancies. Your uh-ohs. Anybody have any uh-ohs in their life? Uh-oh. Come on, some of y'all give birth on an uh-oh to the first one. Just saying. Ain't nobody agreeing to nothing this morning. Y'all scared already, ain't you? That was, it, it, well, it wasn't really a oops. It just, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And out come a rabbit. You got your Bibles? Let's go to Revelation. We are still on the letter to the seven churches. You know, for the longest time growing up, I used to think it was seven letters. I had to get corrected one day when I was reading it again. And I went, hmm, that's singular. That's a letter. And then it really kind of threw me sideways because then I said, well, wait a minute. That same letter went to seven churches. That meant every seven churches got to see everybody else's business. Boy, what a day that will be. <laughs> I hope to God he changes his mind. And don't show that stuff on the big screen. That's not in the Word. I don't want nobody getting their panties twisted this morning. I'm just This morning we're going to talk about the church of Pergamum. And uh, th- this is a church that if there was any church that I wouldn't want to be in, it would be this church. And it wasn't because of what God points out in this letter to them, but more so in where they were located. I mean, they were set, and you'll find in Scripture, they, they were set where Satan's throne was. I mean, can you? Look, <laughs> But don't you know that's where we are? We're a church. (laughs) See, these letters were, they were meant for these churches that actually were being lived out at that moment. But these are also seven different states that you'll find the body of Christ in even today. We've got some things together. We've got some things not so together. We've got some things down to a T. We've got other things down to an L. I mean, we just, okay. We, we've got some of it, we, we're okay. Some of it, we're okay. I believe that Jesus would, would, would write us a letter and say, hey, this is, this, this is good. This is good. But this is what I have against you. That's the hard part of the letters. So this morning, let's open up and see where we end up. Starting at verse number 12, chapter 2. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, 
These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immoralities. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the heading, the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on the stone, a new name. Written which no one knows except him who receives it. There's a few things I want to talk about in reference to Pergamos. And one of them is that this is the, this would be like D.C. to Virginia. This would be the capital of Rome. Um, it's, it, I don't want to say it's the capital of Rome. It's, it's the capital of emperor worship. If you do any research on Pergamos, you will find that this city was set up with, with many different gods and goddesses, and they had temples. And the Romans and these emperors, they would actually try to basically force you to give sacrifice to these gods and goddesses. And if you didn't, it was known that they would probably face persecution, some even execution. One of these gods, you'll, you'll know this one right off the bat, Zeus. See, Zeus had a temple there. Zeus was known as the king of king. That's, that was it. He was the man, and he had a temple there. So if you were looking for that type of king to come into your life, you would go to that temple and you would offer sacrifice. There was a Demeter a goddess of harvest, supposedly being able to guarantee you food, would be able to supply harvest. If you would go and make up an offering, she would supposedly be able to give you something to eat. Athena was a Roman goddess of wisdom and strategy. So if you would lack any of that, you would run to that goddess at that temple and you would offer up sacrifice and she would give you wisdom. Dionysus, a god of wine and festivities. Whoa, whoo! Gracious, that's like Vegas. 
If you were just looking to chill, if you needed some relaxation, and if you needed to let go, you would go and see this goddess in her temple, and she would offer up festivities. Asepius, god of medicine, if you were hurting or ill, you could go there, and this, this doctor would put you under by drugs, and there, it, was, it was said that you could have like dreams while you were out under these drugs, and I'm sure they were some good stuff. <laughs> we call them shrooms today. <laughs> but you get these visions and dreams, and maybe it was something that was going to tell you how to be healed. And in some cases, snakes would crawl over you and, while you slept. And you would become healed. You know, isn't, isn't that similar to where we live today? Isn't there something out there that's offered up for everything you have that will meet a fleshly desire? You want it? The world's got it, baby. It's out there. All you, all you have to do is offer up a sacrifice. The world has it. We live in that place. We are this church. We face persecution. We, we well, I have to ask you, do you? Because if you're not facing some type of persecution. See, in Timothy it says anybody that is wanting to, to live godly will face persecution. That's how Timothy broke it down. So if we're not facing, I mean, is everybody, does everybody get along with you <laughs> on what you believe according to God's word, not your opinion? Because right. don't nobody care about your opinion. Fancy. It's not about what you think or what you feel. It's, I'm talking, does everybody agree with you on the basis of this word? See, if you're not facing any kind of resistance, I probably will just check a few things. Am I really the man that I say that I am? Do I really serve the God I say I serve? And have I been washed in the blood? Or have I fallen into a doctrine? See, when we talk about the doctrine of Balaam, that was, that's, a, that's a doctrine that seduces they, they would use, back in Numbers, they would use the Midianite women to seduce and to lure, you bunch of wicked women, lure in the men of Israel and cause them to commit sin and sexual immoralities and how dare you women. God, this woman that you give me, y'all remember Adam. 
But they, that, that type of doctrine was to lure you in. Oh, that, it's a very known doctrine today in the church. Very known. It's, it's very publicized. Oh, it's followed highly. Some of you may have fallen to it. It's the, well, don't, don't you want to be better off than you are? All you have to do, well, if I get you to sow a seed, if you sow a hundred dollars, you're going to get a thousand dollars back next week. Man, y'all break y'all's neck trying to get up to the, see that this is that darkness. It has nothing to do with the Word of God, nothing at all. See, we, we, we've got this doctrine that's floating around that, that people are preaching, and, and, and they're preaching off of, off of their feeling. They're preaching off of their desires. Of course you want to be better than you are. Of course you want to be feeling better. You don't want to be sick. You want to have money. You want this. You want that. Of course you do. Who would say they didn't? It's fleshly desires. Right. We all have them. Yes, we do. And see if these doctrinal teachings, they keep flying around and, and everybody just keeps eating on it a little bit because it's okay. We can, it's word. It's a little watered. A little screened a little pressed, a little baked, but it's word. See, if I can get you to act on your emotion. Oh, Tommy, go ahead and go to Jude. If I can get you to act on your emotion, then you'll do basically whatever to get whatever's being offered. That's just how we operate in our flesh. And if we are not careful, if we are not cautious, if we are not mindful, we will fall into such things. This is why I told Tommy to go to Jude. I'm doing this totally just not even close to how I wanted to, but I want to end with something this morning. That is... Uh, so if you just flip back to the screen there y'all can see it on the screen but these speak evil of whatever do of whatever they do not know so they they speak evil of the things they're ignorant to and whatever they know naturally like brute beasts in these things they corrupt themselves it's whatever you do know naturally what fulfills the natural, the flesh, the, the, the things in your mind? What fulfills that? That is the doctrine. This is what Jude's talking about. He's talking about false doctrine. He's talking about false preachers and prophets. This is what's going on. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They've gone in the way of Cain. 
Let me break it down to you for a minute. What, what did Cain do? Cain, Cain was the first Pharisee. He offered up false religion. Oh, it's all in. I went to church Sunday. I dressed holy. That's why I put my stuff on this morning. So I am spiritual because of the way I look or because of what it is that I'm offering up. False religion. They go to the way. We've got them. They've gone. They're there. All over the churches. They're there. They offer up. We do communion every fifth Sunday of the month. Because that's what the... Whatever. We have to wear dresses to our ankles and turtlenecks to our necks. Sleeves to our wrists. Hair's got to be put up in pins. We are sanctified because of how we dress. Oh, if we don't preach out of the King James Version, you're going straight to hell. It's what this world's come to. I'm talking denominations, whole denominations have gone to the way of Cain. I'm talking about denominations where things happened, where God showed up, miracles took place, people came to know Christ as their personal Savior. These denominations, they have fallen to the way of, look, if a whole denomination can go that direction, do you not think that you alone by yourself won't fall to that direction if you are not careful? They've run greedily, greedily into the air of Balaam. Remember back in Numbers, Balaam and Balak? They're wanting to, he, he, he's, wanting to, he's wanting to know the word from the Lord about their enemies. Give me, give me the word of the Lord. And, and I can't do anything that God hasn't told. I'm not going to say anything God hasn't told. I won't do anything that God. And one thing led to another. And one thing led to another. Next thing you know, man, we're doing this thing for money. Who's got the most? Come on, you got to read it. Who, who got the most money now? What are you offering up? Are you, are you giving me what I need to fulfill my fleshly desires? And I'll tell you what the Spirit of the Lord said. And the whole time they prophet lying. People, you're in this day and time. Come on. Tell a prophet? What? I mean, we've gone, oh, man, we've gone just nuts. We're allowing the pureness of the body of Christ 
to be just twisted and manipulated. And the church doesn't recognize it. We have fallen into the ways of Balaam and Cain. They perished in the rebellion of Korah. Boy, that's a good one. I'd like to talk on that one for a while. See, you, you know who Korah was, right? Korah was the one that brought up the rebellion against Moses. See, Korah, those people that, oh, they check in the pastor every time he says something, and they go in. Well, he don't know this, and he don't know that. They're always better than those that are appointed over them. And so what happens with them is they begin to, uh-oh, uh-oh. They're looking for something to tickle their ears. So they leave one, go into another. When they get there, they find out, hey, that pastor don't know it all either. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Because if the pastor knows it all, he must be Jesus, and we missed the train. That's right. that's but that's what we do. It's okay to come and call correction. I've been corrected. It's okay. Look, I still do this. Sometimes I say, well, Lord, I don't know why you got me up here. Put them up here. So you still go and you still do the best you can do. If you get corrected, you get corrected. As long as it stands in line with the Word of God, baby, bring it. Because listen, I want to be as perfected as I can be. But the church doesn't see it that way. We're looking for the perfect thing. It'll never be perfect because you're there. If you showed up, it ain't perfect. These are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear. Man, they sit right with you. They eat with you. They're we're these, they're right, they're right beside you. And if we aren't careful, he said that they are clouds, <laughs> they are clouds without water. Trees without fruit. What's that mean? What's, what's he saying? They're offering something they can't provide. Looks like a rain cow, but boy, it's 101 and the drought's heavy and hard today. Bunch of trees, no fruit. What good are they? We've fallen to this. We're being, we're being offered. Th th let me... This is why there's so much anxiety in the church 
Because you're reaching for something that prophet liars have set out before you. So into my ministry, give me $100, and I promise you, you go hit the numbers next week. So you go, you pay him $100, and you play the numbers all week. And you come up empty-handed. Uh-oh. You go, well, maybe he wasn't talking about this week. And you went back and listened to him again. This time, oh, it's a $1,000 I misread. Come on, you, come on you, you don't think this is happening in churches. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Give me your checkbook. Give me your checkbook. I'll, give me, get, just give me something. <laughs> Men, taught you something. That's how you get your money back. Pastor's going to get in trouble. He's putting people out on TV and everything. Pastor will get in trouble, but it's all right. You stand in front of me. You stand at the altar. Man, you offering that money up to the Lord. Turn around here, and you offering that money up to the Lord. You got to hold your check up in the air. See, you got to hold your check up in the air, and you got to give You got to give that to the Lord. And, oh, wait a minute. I see. I see. There's somebody. Your name Rocky? Come on, you. Listen to me, I, I can't be more serious than I am right now. That's right. And you fall to this. You'll fall to this world if you're not careful. And then you wonder why your house is distraught, suffering. Lord, this woman that you give me. <laughs> but we fall to these doctrines. Now listen, now when, when, Jesus, when Jesus came into the picture, remember Jesus, last, last uh, church, Jesus was picking descriptions out of the first chapter that Paul was saying about him, that Paul, that John. I say Paul every time. But I got corrected one time, so that's why I keep going back. I hear that same voice. It was Paul, it was Paul, it was John. So it was John. Before you come up, it's John. John would put out these descriptions of Jesus and, and what he saw of Jesus. And he's describing Jesus. And, and Jesus is now going back to chapter 1. And he's extracting some things out of chapter 1 so that, he can, that, so that he can remind the church of who he is. Last week we saw Jesus brought a word of encouragement first. He, he, was, he brought to the church that, that he was and that he is. He's been dead. He's alive. He brought to the church that don't worry about it. I got you. No matter what you go through, I'll take you through it. This week is something totally different. He comes back and he says what? Let's read it. These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. 
He's coming to a church. He's letting them know, look, I am presenting myself as the one with all power and all authority. I know where you dwell. I know what city you're in. I know you have this God and that goddess and this God and that goddess and you've got this doctrine and that. I know you've got all these things out there that's offered up to you, but I'm here to tell you, I have all power and authority. He comes to remind them that, look, if you'll just hang in there, if you'll just keep your eyes straight, if, you'll, if you won't fall to the wayside to this doctrine and that doctrine, I'll take you through this. He said, I'm God, not them. He, he, loved, it. he loved the fact that they actually... They kept to their faith. He said, you didn't even deny me. You haven't lost faith in me. you still grabbing a hold to me. Everything is good. Even when Antipas came through and he was martyred. Historians, I mean, it doesn't really break it down to you on what they done or how he died. But historians believe that there was a big golden pot that they filled. And they lit it on fire underneath. And they take his lid off and they put him in boiling liquid. Boy, if that ain't enough to make you change your mind. You really like Chick-fil-A? That's the last person that eat Chick-fil-A. Look. And they held true to the faith. They didn't deny Christ. Even, even when they saw They didn't deny. They held on. And Jesus is going, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. But here's a problem, and I know it's going to hurt you if you don't fix it. And he says, now you either repent, change your thought, change your mind, change your way, repent. Don't turn a 360, do a 180. Repent. Change the way you think. If you don't repent, that I'm coming. Well, he wasn't so bad on the other two. This time he said, if you don't fix it, I will. So before you get mad at me for trying to fix some things that are a little off, remember that. I think you'd rather have me do it because I don't know everything and I'm not as just as he is. Because if he says you're wrong, you just flat wrong. You don't get to stand and debate your case. You're in error. He said, you either fix it or I'm coming. You've got some that are in this doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. What are you doing? Why are you allowing it? You're compromising. So you can keep numbers, you allow it. You don't want anybody's feelings hurt. You don't want them to see you differently. Got reminded about that this morning from a post about how I've been silent because I just really don't want people to see me for something I'm really not. 
that I had to be reminded again this morning about 530. If you want to walk a godly life, you will face persecution. That's not what I want. I don't want you to think of me as something that I'm not. But you will because of your perspective. Because of how you were brought up and what you've been through and what you've seen and your education and your political stance. and that, that's, that's how we have hatred. Mm-hmm. Hatred is... <laughs> whew, boy, all right, I'll go. Hatred is grown from perspective. Because if it's not like I see it, you're wrong. And if you won't agree with me, I don't like you. Now we've been grown into hating each other. Because you do something I don't do, I don't like, and you won't do. But as long as it lines up with God's word, my friend, you're going to face persecution. Jesus said, don't, don't get it mistaken. You, you thought I come to put everything together. I came with a sword to divide. <laughs> Boy, that's bad there. He, he said, now I come to put son against father. Daughter against I wonder why he does such a thing. Because if we choose to follow him, we have to pick up our cross and follow him. We have to deny ourselves. We have to get away from how we think and how we feel and what we want. And Jesus is trying to get us to understand, man, you got to beat your flesh. This flesh thing, guess what? Man, we fight the most for something we don't even get to take. What are we doing? We fight for something we can't, we can't even have. It was on loan. Ashes to ashes. Dust. To, you're going back to where you can't. You don't even get to take this thing. Why are we so bent? On fulfilling its desires. Why don't we do that? He said, listen to me, Pergamos. You've got to stop. You can't do this. You can't allow this to happen. You've got to step in. See, it's to the angel... It's to the pastor. It's to the overseer. You can't allow this to happen. You've got to stop it. Now, if they choose, there's nothing you can do. I hope you don't hate me. But if you hate me because I correct you by the word, I'm sorry. Not sorry. But this is just life. And we have to face this thing head on. We can't continue in the ways of the world and just keep compromising and keep... See what has happened? First, 
First, we start allowing them to come and be members. And then the next thing you know, we allow them to lead praise and worship. Well, what do you know? They're standing behind the pulpits now and promoting that it's okay to live a homosexual lifestyle. Come on, church. We got to wake up. This compromising, it's unhealthy. When it comes to the Word of God, it is ungodly. Because, I mean, we have to compromise. Because I don't want to eat eggplant. She don't make it. See, we compromise. <laughs> right? But when it comes to the Word of God, there is no compromise. That's right. Now, if my interpretation is different or her interpretation is different, we have to do something. We need to pray about it. We need to fast about it. Boy, this is why I love God when... Ooh. There's something about just reading the Word and listening for God. It's different. The food that comes from it, it's different than reading the Word and basing it with theologians and commentaries. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against all of that, but I don't need them to explain the Word of God to me. I have someone that is the best educator in the entire universe. And if the Holy Spirit cannot lead me into truth, you can't, nor any of your philosophers. I'm not against them. I read them. I read them. I like to hear other people's thoughts, man. Because it might be your thought one day that I run into a situation and that scripture at that point in time didn't really mean that to me. But because I read of what you read and I put it together, I'm like, okay, so I can get through this issue if I look at it like this. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying there's a time when you can get alone with the Lord and you read his word and you just wait on him. Wait to listen to him. Let him feed you. You'll never eat a meal like that. Nobody can cook you up nothing like that. Mama can't cook your fried chicken like that. Them collard greens and cornbread, they just ain't going to, they might hit for a minute, but they don't hit for long. They go away. That's what's taking place in Pergamos. We're compromising. We're allowing some of this other doctrine to infiltrate the church. And the leader's been called out. And he said, if you don't fix it, I'm coming. Now listen to his wording. I will fight who? Them. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. You want to know why people get... Oh, 
Well, let's talk about that for a second. Let me back up. This doctrine, this doctrine of Balaam, this doctrine was basically, it, it, talks about, it talks about throwing out these stumbling blocks. Well, the stumbling block is the same word that's used out of Matthew when Jesus turned and looked at Peter and said, Satan, get behind me. Okay, well, let, let's go. Down. I want you to read that. Tommy, go to Matthew on that one. Did I give you that? I didn't give you that one, did I? Matthew 19, 24. Let's go there. I saved it. I say 19. Maybe it's 16. Oh, but I'm going to use that one too. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. See, well, we can actually use that already because we talked about that doctrine of let's sow a seed for, and look, look, that's what Jesus said. I mean, what, what is it you're after? What are you chasing? What means so much to you? Matthew 16, Tommy is where I meant to take you, 16, 23, not 19. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. The Strong's word for offense. It was originally a trap stick, a bent sapling, or a movable stick, with bait used to catch animals. The word would then come to denote a snare or stumbling block. Metaphorically, it signifies that which causes error in sin. This doctrine. Stumbling block. It causes you to err or to sin. This doctrine, man, offense. Boy, offense. I mean, we talk about offense, but I never looked at offense like that. I didn't know that was even, I didn't know offense was a stumbling block. But it causes you to err. See, when we take offense to something, it causes us to error. I look at you differently now because you offended me. I don't, I, don't, I don't look at you as a creation of God now. I basically look at you now on your outward appearance. Now I'm going to fall into sin because I'm going to begin to hate you. Mm -hmm. 
church, we take, listen, you, you're, you're taking this too lightly. You, you got keys in the ignition of the Ferrari, buddy. You're on your way to hell wide open, and you don't even know it. Because we can't come out of this false doctrine of what we have adopted in our lives. The end times are so close, man. Can't you see it? I mean, the church should be able to smell it. It's so close. Because we, we are so quick to go looking for a word that tickles our ears. That's right. That's what we're looking for. The love of our self care less about you. Doesn't matter how you feel. I'm just glad to get out of here. See ya. If you can be glad, I can be glad too. Um, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes. What's the Bible say about overcomers? They're the only ones getting in the kingdom, right? To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. I don't want to get, I can't go into breaking all that down. But you, you know, remember back in Exodus and we had the manna, right? Remember? It was the stuff that came from the sky and God fed the Israelites and they picked it up and it was like bread. It was the bread of heaven. It was kind of like manna. Well, Jesus goes back and refers to it again. I think it's back in Matthew. He talks about, I am the bread of life. I'm, I'm the living bread. I'm the one that descended from heaven. Okay, I'm the one that came down. That's the hidden manna that we're talking about because the other manna that we, that we partook of in or coming out of Egypt, what we partook of there, we still died from. We didn't die from the manna, but we still died from life. We still separated. And those that us that come to know Christ, we're not hurt by the second death. We live forever. Okay, let me clear this up for you. You are going to be cognizant for the rest of eternity. You're not going to die the way you think you're going to die. You don't die and just go to hell and not get to go to heaven. You die separated from God, you go to hell, and you're there for eternity. From how I gather it, you will feel the pain, you will smell the smell, you will understand once you're there it's too late you you can't look up then and deny yourself it's too late 
And no, God's not excited about that. God does not get joy from knowing that there's a possibility that you and I will go to hell. You know the scripture where it says no more tears in heaven? Just, just me. Because the Bible does say that he cries over us. Maybe you and I won't cry. But deep down inside of me, How will we stand that day? When judgment has come. And those that have denied Christ will be cast into a pit of fire for eternity. How will it be possible that we stand there and not shed a tear? When, when God does a thing, it's only God that can do a thing. Because in my, in my mind, as finite as it is, I go, God, I, I come to know you in your fullness. When I separate from my flesh here on earth and I go to heaven, I, I recognize you in all of your glory and splendor. So that means my heart will be your heart to its fullest capacity. How am I to see this transpire and not weep for the lost? I still believe that God will cry. But only God's grace, only God's compassion could protect us from that. That's just a side note. That just come, it's just there. You just got that one. I just want to eat some of that hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone, a new name. He knows my name. He knew my name before the creation. And he's already got a rock picked out for me. A little stone. And he gets to write a new name on it for me and give it to me. And it's going to be a name that, David, you can't, you can't look back on it and say, you know, Rocky, the... Listen, if none of this other stuff makes you jump and shout, if getting a new name don't make you jump and shout, you got a problem because you think you're too perfect because every one of you carry a stigma with you. Somebody knows you by something, brother, that you don't want to be known by. I ain't going to tell you, Mom and Dad, we cool. But we all have this past, and it's going to be wiped away. 
and there's a stone and oh god give me a peek i want to see if he wrote it down it'd probably be in king james version so it'd be hebrew i wouldn't be able to see i better quit poking fun man people get twisted up but it'd be, a, it'd be, he'll write it down, something I can't, I couldn't see right now anyway. I wouldn't reckon, I'd look like a bunch of scribble or something. i go, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but when I get there, I get to know that name. Nobody else knows it. You can't put nothing on me now. Daddy already erased that. He come up now, he'll say, Susie, meet Jane. And you won't even know. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Do you know how great? <sighs> well, I mean, you go celebrate after this one together. Talking about taxes. I don't like talking. That's a dirty word. You get a new name. Out of all the hell that you've gone through in this life, Amen. it gets erased. Amen. Hey, Tommy, white screen. White screen, just a white screen. Just shut it down. Just a white, pff, just a no logo, just a white screen. There you go. See, there's that curveball. You thought you had it? That's what, see, don't get comfortable. <laughs> Told Sam this morning at the door, I got in a suit because I don't want you thinking you got me. <laughs> I'll pass to wear jeans and a shirt and a jacket. Psych. I even put a tie on. Don't expect it next Sunday. <laughs> White screen, hello. Yes. But boy, isn't this just like life? The longer we live here, people keep reading about you. They, I remember when he smoked that bowl, they, they keep reading about you. And what one don't know, somebody else know. I remember when, and boy, by the time you're done, your name had become a book. That's what it, look, and this is what happens. That's what I, Amen. Thank you, Lord. What's that one? There's a hymn as if the story's never been told. Your story never been told. Look at that. Man, how can you not be excited about? How can you not be excited about changing your ways? Because that is what I'm offering you. How, how do you not want to live a holy life? Because that is what I'm offering you. How can you not get away from your pains and your, your agonies and your bitterness and your hatred? Because that... Is what I'm on. Do you want to? How many of you want to live and waller in what this life gives us? 
I'm sorry, man. I need to be the dude in the pig pen that came to himself and said, that is what I want. I'm tired of smelling like I smell. I'm tired of hurting like I hurt. I'm tired of seeing like I see. God, why do I have to revisit this every day, every week, every month? And I called, I called Lisa last night just to check on through the tornado. I knew David would take care of him. He anchored them all down. But <laughs> I just, listen, if you got Lisa's phone number, if you got Lisa's phone number and you call and just ask a question, make sure all your chores are done. Go be there in a minute. Because, see, one thing she do that Debbie don't do. See, now I'm throwing my life out in front of y'all. <laughs> if Debbie's talking to you on the phone, you're on speaker probably on the counter, and she's in the bedroom. <laughs> I know. Amen, sister. <laughs> and you go, man, it sounds like you in a can. It ain't the one you think. But with Lisa, Lisa put life on hold. I mean, if a dog in the middle of a pee, shut it down. (laughs) And she got this chair that sits in a room that we're only allowed to use during Christmas. (laughs) And before you go in there, it's, it's, it's like walking, I ain't lost my place, I'm still there. But you walk into this decontamination chamber, (laughs) and then you get to go in. But she goes in there, and she sits in this chair, and she shuts the world down, and she talks to you. You get her undivided attention. So her conversation Let's just say this. I called to say, hey, how are you? Everybody good? Good. Because I had to get stuff ready for church. I had to. Now, we ended up bringing up stuff. And you know, when we get there, that's what we'll have to talk about. But we talked and talked. Next thing. I don't know how we even, I mean, we went from a tornado to my dad dying. Ain't got a clue. I don't even know, I don't know where you switched it. See, boy, you bunch of, Jesus. But I don't know how we got there, but we ended up getting there and we began to reminisce. And we talked about all the stuff. And it just reminds me now that there's a, there's a day coming. Not that it pained me or pained her to talk about it because I think we're still, I think we're good. I think we're good. And if you were brought up in the environment, that we, you'd be good too. Sounds harsh, but it's life. But we're good. But what if we weren't? How, 